Ozil puts one up. Shemil, go header. Go! I mean, he takes it on one foot and he slaps it home on the other one. Oh, go! Go! Sergio Santos! That is absolutely brilliant. Shot, go! Montero looking, he's going to take it south. What a goal! Shemil, go! Is as pretty as Duke as you're going to see in any old looking back. The shot, goal by the captain, 2 1, Union. Here's Montero striking, goal, 6 1. They win this with an exclamation point. The Union are in first place in the Eastern Conference. Welcome, everybody, to an episode of Views from the Bridge. A. Uh, <coughs> Low cast episode of Views from the Bridge. We're running it's the just skeleton Chuck and I. Crew. Chuck, how are you? I'm good. Um, I have my bottle of wine to replace our fallen co-host. <laughs> yeah. I like how Evan used to, you know, host <laughs> most of the time. but Sometimes. Sometimes. Some of the maybe time. sometimes. Yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to count the episodes at some point, but... Whatever. I think you're winning. I Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, we're here, though, and we're going to record an episode. So, um, first of all, I guess we didn't record an episode last week because Jefferson Savarino decided to have a night against the Philadelphia Union and Real Salt Lake beat us 4 to nothing. But we're still in first place, so I guess we'll just set that game to the annals of history and talk about this past week. Yeah. Is that okay with you? I am perfectly fine with that. <laughs> so, on Saturday night, this past Saturday night, um, the Union decided to beat the Chicago Fire 2 to nothing with goals from Marco Fabian and Anthony Fontana. Anything, I guess before we just jump into like more specific things, anything big kind of jump out at you about this game, about the way this game was played, about goals, anything? One big thing that I is the fact that the union were able to actually keep up their energy levels on the pitch in that heat on the pitch, which was impressive because I was in the stadium for that game. And there is no way in hell that I could have played a 90 minute soccer match or even run around for 45 minutes. And for the most part, like it got to the end of the game and, people weren't looking like extremely gassed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was, uh, I was at a soccer game in Pittsburgh while that game was happening as well. And like, we had the same kind of heat wave going through. Um, yeah, it was crazy. And for us to look, I, I guess, um, I mean, I think the words that maybe even you used after the game on Twitter were like the way that we put in, a professional performance that night and didn't look like we were kind of waning towards the end of that game, I think was good. I mean, I think it was a good performance kind of overall, but yeah, the heat was crazy that night. Yeah. I mean, essentially Chicago came and you did what you should do against a bottom of the table team and one, two to nothing. There was really no doubt at any point during that game. No, I had, I had not watched the game until today. I had a kind of a crazy weekend and stuff. And, yeah, there was no point in that game that I was like, oh, we might lose this game. Like, 
or we might give up goals in this game. Like, there was a couple shots and different things, but a lot of them were right at Blake. And so I was like, okay, cool. Walked away with the win. And after these past couple of weeks, you really needed that because the Union have been yeah. riding a tightrope. Yeah, there was definitely some shaky, shaky games, shaky performances in there. So for us to kind of put in the performance that we did, and I guess the way that Atlanta is sort of surging at this point and sitting kind of three points back with the game in hand, you're going to need to keep winning. Going to need to keep winning games. Yep. So, good good performance overall. I guess let's start goals-wise. Uh, <laughs> Literally one of the best team goals I've seen this season in the 11th minute with Fabian putting a rocket into the back of the net. Are we seeing a good Marco Fabian for once? Um, This is actually a really tough question. Um, because, like, I really don't want to nitpick with Marco, but... I, I still have to nitpick with Marco. And it's just because his price tag literally says, nitpick my performances. Um, I love that. If you're getting paid this much, I'm allowed to nitpick. I mean, but for real, though. And you're, right. you're right. It's still, like, that shot was beautiful. And no, nothing against that going in the net. He still took four more that didn't go anywhere. Um, True. And my biggest thing right now is his distribution. Like, yeah. he was, he like, especially during the beginning of the season, even though Marco Fabian wasn't scoring, you were still slightly optimistic about his performance because he had key passes going into the box. Literally... Looking at his pass bat, he attempted two passes into the final 30, like, meters of the pitch. Two. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. a fucking 10. Yeah. Yeah. What's great for me, like, what makes, unfortunately, about the only thing, not the only thing, but what makes this team so good is the tenacity of the players on the pitch for the for the large majority of the season. Like, what has made this team good is the tenacity of the players on the pitch. I think, like, early on in the season, we saw Brendan Aronson be a crazy kind of 10 player. Until he got But tired. a lot of times, it, was, it wasn't his creativity. It was his persistence of the way he put pressure on players. And then, and then Montiero came in, and the same thing. It wasn't, wasn't really his creativity, although he he might be is slightly more creative than what Aronson is. It was also just the pressure that he put on players in the midfield that, and then we know what Bedoya is, but I think like that's what, so it's, it is frustrating when you get a player like Fabian, who is not your tenacious, going to run all over the pitch, going to be in guys faces all 90 minutes then not put in the performance of like these creative fun passes that you expect him to put in and he's not doing yeah that. he's so ex- it's like it's like if we had three guys who were playing 
tenacious behind him, and then you put him on the field in front of them, you expect him to have a lot of chances to put balls in the box. But if he's not doing that, then what are we paying him to do? Yeah, like, it's it's really annoying. It's extremely annoying, actually, because in the Chicago game, there were two tackles won by midfielders. Mm-hmm. Two. Mm-hmm. Like, thank goodness that they're bad and just can't pass, so there are a lot of interceptions <laughs> and ball recoveries. But when you don't have um, Montero and when Warren Craval is just recovering from injury, and we've already gone over the fact that Aronson has essentially hit a rookie wall because the dude needs a break, um, when no one is running around to tackle and pressure midfielders, teams better than Chicago are going to carve us up. Yes, you're right about that. You're absolutely right about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just thought this game is hard to criticize a little bit because it's like, well, we did win the game two to nothing, but... There was not anything special about this game from our side of the pitch either. It was just kind of like, well, we put in the performance we need to do to win two to nothing against a team that's bad. But given our maybe our upcoming schedule and the games that are coming down the pike for us, these kind of performances are not necessarily going to get it done. They so I, there is room to improve for sure. Most definitely. And a lot of that room to improve, I know you will agree with me on this, will um, come in the second goal scorer from the game. Who actually, there were three tackles won by midfielders. And you know who won the third? Anthony Fontana, coming off the bench. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, we I have talked about this at length on this podcast before, but Anthony Fontana just needs minutes at this point. And I think we are doing a disservice maybe to ourselves as the team. We're definitely doing a disservice to him. But, like, if he – I mean, for me, if, like, Aronson's going to be around for a while, you you would think. Uh, Montiero probably is going to be around for a while. Bedoya is going to play till he's 60. And Madunian, you know, is going to be around for a while. So, I think Fontana, I mean, he's going to get – I mean, there's going to be minutes out there for him – long term but I just wonder like I wonder if we're doing a disservice by not playing him in the sense that if if he's not the answer long term or if he's not going to be around long term you're not going to get anything for a guy that has sat the bench for years and years and years so and it also just seems like to me that every time this guy comes off the bench he puts in a shift worth having him on the field so I don't know if he can't do that over the course of 90, if the coaches are seeing something in that way, if he's played too many minutes at steel. I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know what the reasoning is for not putting him on the field more often. But it seems like every time he comes off the bench, he's playing well. So I'm not be sure that's the reason. He has been. Like, realistically, every time he's coming to a game, it's like, why isn't this guy playing more? And if anything, I feel like you're doing Brendan Aronson a disservice by not playing Fontana. Because yeah, for sure. him for sure. running around the field, he's like screaming 
to get an extended rest. Um, exactly. Because he didn't get one during the international break. He's not going to get one during the all-star break. Like, sit him. Yeah, You exactly. have other midfielders. Um, Tim Curtin. <laughs> if you listen to our podcast, <laughs> play Anthony Fontana. Like, just swap homegrown for homegrown. It won't do anything for your average age of your lineup. No, it will not. No, it will not. So, uh, so I watched this game and just had a thought. The thought just went through my head. Any concern in your mind of not seeing Wooten in this game? Um, not particularly because, while I wouldn't have complained if he started, um, by the time Fontana comes on and scores his goal, you don't need him. Because realistically, uh, if needed, he probably would have been the sub that came on instead of Olsenio. But, like, if you're up 2 nothing, realistically, why bring on a third striker? My only concern with that is you're not getting... Uh, you're not getting... He's not getting time on the field. But I'm, you know what I mean? I'm like, hoping... Hoping that this just means... That he'll actually start against Montreal, where you might need him. Yeah, I mean that might be the case. That might be if that's but... if that's what happens, then I have no issues with this. If that doesn't happen, we have a discussion to have next week. Him, I it, well, but even my thought with that is if he comes on instead of Elsino with 13 minutes left of the game. I mean, him playing 10 minutes, 13 minutes, whatever it is, is not going to hurt. For next week. I mean, it's not like he's going to come in and be like, oh, I'm so tired because I played 13 minutes next last week. You know, so I just don't see that being a... I, I don't see that being an issue necessarily. But, I mean, like I said, I mean, like you said, I, I think it's... it's If that means we're going to get 90 or 85 or 80 out of Wooten next week, I'll take it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I get I get where you're coming from. I'm just um, hoping to err on the side of positivity there, since <laughs> I've already uh, been the negative Nancy about this game. <laughs> we are a Philadelphia podcast. We have to... The Negadelphia is real, still. Yeah, so. I'm not from Philadelphia. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. I mean, anything else about this game that's kind of Sticking out to you, things we need to talk about. I mean, we have some questions. We got to talk about we're, our next game. We're down a so left back. We are down a left back. So Kai Wagner has now have five yellow cards. So which means he will be suspended for the Montreal game. And maybe the way that Philadelphia's suspensions have worked this season, he might be suspended for like three games. Who knows? I but, think Kai Wagner just wanted to um, take a rest, so he made sure to get the yellow card early. Yeah. Since Paul's not here, got to throw some stuff in for him. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. I, th- I mean, I think that's a viable as many as many minutes as these guys are playing. I mean, I, I don't think it's unheard of to think that these guys are like creating their own <laughs> week of rest by. Let me get another yellow card. That way, I can actually sit a week and see what happens. Yeah, especially considering it's going uh, to Montreal. Yes, 
Correct. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about that Montreal game, I guess, a little bit, because there's some lineup stuff that we probably should talk about. And then, and nobody really gave us the lineup question other than a specific lineup question. So I guess we'll talk about it anyway. Um, next week, we had some Montreal. Montreal is even on games played and nine points back. Probably the reason this game is more important is that Atlanta has a game in hand and is still just lurking at three points back from us. So, and NYCFC has four games in hand somehow and is sitting seven God, points back. Gotta love the scheduling. So, yeah, you know. The good so thing we're is... Kind of, I, we're kind of in first place. I am hoping that NYCFC, like, with their games in hand... That it just runs them into the ground when they physically have to play all of those midweek games and yeah. screws things up. And on points per game, we are in first place. So okay. we at least don't have to go with the, well, are we? We're in first place and we're in third place in the race for the supporter shield that has realistically been already won, but will be talked about until it's actually won. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It has been pretty much decided already. So, uh, so we go to Montreal. Um, any, <laughs> any thoughts on who actually plays left back in this game? Um, <laughs> not Fabinho. <laughs> uh, see, I just wish that Matt Real wasn't being used at center back for fucking Bethlehem. <laughs> Uh, man (laughs) realistically it's Matt Real that you want playing left back in this game but I have zero confidence in any player deployed on that side including Ray Gattis shifted over so that RJ Allen can start yeah yeah I mean I think this is such a hard one, right? Because I don't, I don't know what you do with this. I don't know how you approach this. I mean, obviously you have not had enough confidence in Matt Real to put him out there at any other point this season, other than a couple cameos at the end of games. So, like, do we see Matt Real starting the game? Probably not. Fabinho, I guess, is an option after. I mean, he has what one start this season? It was bad. Real bad. It was real bad. Right. So, I guess that's an option. I mean, your other option is you signed RJ Allen, and, and, and Ray Gaddis has spent seasons playing on the left side of the field. So, is that your... That's not your best yeah, that's option. The, see, sure. Yeah, your that's the problem. Is is there's Real, just like, a lot of really bad options this year. <laughs> I guess... There's a, there's a reason why Kyle Wagner has played every single minute that he has been available. Right. You're right. You're right. Because there's really no other options. The good thing is Montreal's lost four straight. Yeah, I mean, that is a good thing. I mean, I think you... I think it's like... You... Do what you... I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think the most likely thing that I would like to see is I would like to see... I think... 
What I'd like to see, and I don't think it's the best option, but I would like to see R.J. Allen get a start somehow. So if that's shifting Ray Gattis over to the left side of the field and just trusting that he can play on the left side of the field for a game, just to see what R.J. Allen brings to the field, I think is probably could ultimately be the best option. Because if you don't trust Matt Real at this point, then you're probably not going to trust Matt Real for this game. Fabinho is obviously just past soccer playing in the professional league's age. So, I think you. I, I think that seeing what R.J. Allen can bring to the table, in case he is better than Ray Gaddis, not very hard to do. Well, it's not very hard to do, but in case he is, then I think you'd try it. I think you shift Ray Gaddis to the left side of the field. You put R.J. Allen at right back, and you just see what R.J. Allen brings for a game. Now, that's not a fair. That's not a fair assessment, given that Kai Wagner is not on the other side of the field. But at least you're seeing something. You're getting some indication of what RJ Allen is bringing to the field at this point in his career. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the most fair assessment of the situation. Because, like, realistically, unless you decide that this is just the game that we're going to say screw all of our tactics that we've been doing and go with the back three, that you really only have two options. And that's Matt Real or Flip Gaddis. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Is this the game that we finally see Fontana get a start? Um, if we I don't, mean, if we don't see, if we months. don't see Fontana get a start here, we're never seeing Fontana get a start. That that's, that's it is what it is. Um, because he's shown in literally his past three sub appearances everything that you can possibly show in a stub appearance. And Brendan Aronson has literally been a ghost on the field. Yeah. What does Fontana have, like, two goals and an assist in, like, maybe 10 minutes of game time? I I think he's and up to a, a I was say, I think he's up to a full 60 now. But he yeah. hasn't... He, he, I'm pretty, I, would, I believe in league play that he has not played a full 90 this year. No, he hasn't. He's only played, he had that game against Orlando, and then he had this one. I think those are the only two appearances he has this season. Other than the late cameo at DC United, where he also scored a goal, but that was Open Cup. So, so actually, he has played, he has not played a full 90. He's played 83 minutes. 83 minutes. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and done so, damn well in them. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, start him? Because he actually... He got up. He got 25 against Real Salt Lake. So, okay. all of these minutes have basically come in the past two games. So, maybe this is Jim Curtin warming up to giving him a start? Because, like, realistically... Sure hope um, like I would theoretically be okay if he was closer to full health with starting Warren Craval in this game, but he's not at full health, so Fontana's the best option here. Yes, I think I think you're right about that. Oh, this season. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> re- realistically, you got. Three lineup decisions this week. Left back, 
left side of the diamond, and left side of striker. Shocker, they're all on the left side of the field. <laughs> uh, this season has just been so weird. Like, it's so weird that we're good. One, that's just weird. And then two, it's like, all these, like, decisions, like, we let Sapong go. He's had a pretty good season for Chicago. We let Akam go, and now he's having a decent season for Columbus. It's like, not that, and then it seems like there's some simple things that the union can do with the guys that are on the field now to, or on the team, on the roster, to make our team better. But it's just like, nope, let's just throw Gaddis out there again, you know? And it's like, these silly decisions. But anyway, it's just a weird, it's a weird season. Yes. But I do hope, I do hope we see Vooten in this game. I do hope we see Fontana in this game for more than 20 plus minutes. And I don't know who I hope we see at left back. <laughs> this whole thing is funny because it does, does it feel, it kind of feels like we're trying to be good but not too good. <laughs> it's like, we don't want to dominate like LAFC. That's not okay. We have to just exist at the top of the table somehow. <laughs> yeah, the problem- and that's sort of the, I mean, sort of the tale of the last two games, right? Like, we get beat 4 to nothing, and then we kind of put in a professional 2 to nothing performance that didn't look great, but it looked good enough to win 2 to nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like... We, you know, but we have, I mean, we, uh, I say that, but we have dominated some games this season. So it's not like we're not, we haven't put those types of performances. We've also dominated those games and drawn them. So, yes, it's true. But it's like, literally, um, you really have no option but to win this game because there is one easy game for the rest of the season. And I am 100% sure that the Union will find a way to make going to Columbus on September 29th not easy. <laughs> it's true. It'll be like a 4-4 four to four game or something like that. That It's crazy. But like, looking at this, good lord, it actually is a gauntlet. It is. I mean, and that's what you expect, though. We're at the top of the table, and if we had looked at this same schedule... Towards the you know towards the end of any other season, we would have been like, well, we're losing the rest of the games. But this time, at least we're looking at it going. We it's might, a gauntlet, but we, we might can win, win some games. Them. I mean, the good and also the good thing is looking at this schedule. You're up a full ten points on the eighth place team, so yeah. you're not looking at this realistically with, well, we might slip out of the playoffs. Like it's like. We should make the playoffs. And even though yeah. we the Union have been in first for so long, my original preseason expectation, which I'm sticking to, is that this is a top four team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't, yeah. If we slip out of first place at some point, I'm totally okay with that. As long as it doesn't involve a late season collapse, you know, against, you know, but... It's it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, I do think you have to win. You know, I do think you have to win this game. There are no easy games. Um, there's nothing, you know. But like you said, we are up 10 points on 
the eighth place team. And I think that there's not really anybody in that like 10, six to 10 range that like scares me that they're going to make like a crazy late season surge and win a bunch of games from now until then. Nope. I just don't, nope. I don't think that that's realistic. And we're getting sort of late in the season. Yeah, it's pretty close to the... Everyone is what they are, at least in the right. East. There are some shifts going on in the West, but that doesn't matter to us. No. There's nothing in the, There's nothing in those bottle of table teams that I'm like, ah, somebody can make a crazy run, and if we have a bad, you know, if we have a bad, you know, last 11 games, um, I don't see us, like slipping out of the playoffs i genuinely think so, that union could draw half of their games to end the season and make the playoffs yeah i mean and like new england is bad tfc i guess maybe could turn it on montreal we have this game so we can help increase our you know lead on them orlando chicago columbus and cincy are not none of them are going anywhere so like it's basically TFC in New England, but neither of them, I don't feel like, are strong enough to make a run strong enough to knock us out of the playoffs. So yeah, I'd agree with that right. assessment. But if we want to stay in the top four and we want to stay in those like home playoff game positions, then we need to we need to win some of these games that we should win. Being that we probably should beat Montreal. Yep. All right, well, we have two questions, I think you said. Do you want to do so, a Golden Conceso first or questions? Uh, let's do a Golden Conceso. I'll take yours first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really hate giving him Consesos because it's really not his fault because he shouldn't be playing. But it's... The ghost of Brendan Aronson's health. <laughs> you, last recording, you yelled at me so bad when I gave Brendan Aronson a golden Conceso. Now you're giving it to him. I'm pretty sure I had a very good reason for doing that and probably backed That's it true. up in yelling at you. So It's true. You did. Well, you said it's not his fault. So, And I still That's preface true. it with it's not his fault. Realistically, <laughs> the golden Conceso goes to Jim Curtin. But... It's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I didn't... I mean, the struggle for me in this game was like, right, so it was a professional performance. It wasn't great. It wasn't... I mean... It's tough when no one's bad. Right. And no one was bad. I mean, I guess just looking at stats, Casper didn't have a shot in this game, which when a striker doesn't have a shot in a 2 nothing win probably means they didn't play all that well but i mean he he does a lot on the field to draw players and and everything else so i can't just look at that particularly and say oh that's worth a golden but you can but that's the beauty of a podcast so i guess mine i mean mine would go to casper but i think I mean, I think you're right with Brendan, too. I mean, Brendan is just not... He's not looking like the player he was at the beginning of the season, which is sad, because I feel like that's the player he actually is, but he's just tired at this point, so... And I'm actually extremely excited 
for next season when he's already played all of these minutes and comes in knowing what to expect. Like, yeah. Because the kid's a uh-huh. baller, and we all know that. But mm-hmm. he needs to hit mm-hmm. the weight room. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that will be a big benefit. And I do think, like, I mean, and that's my thing with Fontana, is, like, if we ran Aronson that hard at the beginning of the season, like, let's run Fontana half as hard for the last 11 games. And then, and then maybe you have arrested Brendan Aronson and arrested Fontana for the playoffs, you know, when you have Montiero back and you don't really need either of them, but they both, you know, they're both fresh and available and everything else. So hopefully that's the case. Yeah. That would give you some beautiful options. It would, as long as Montiero can stay healthy for the rest of the season, but hopefully he won't get his ankle just, you know, yeah, lunged into for the rest of the season. So he doesn't have to play Sasha Kleshin again, so he should be fine. <laughs> it's true. Uh, okay, so Glenn can say so. Either Brendan or Casper. We don't have a third person, so we don't really have a, another vote to give. But I think let's I know. Think it is probably fine. <laughs> we can we can throw it up on we we'll throw a poll up on Twitter, <laughs> and you can vote whether which who you think should get it all right we have a couple questions what are they okay so first is from um at a klein 609 i feel like trusty's been playing poorly lately in your opinion is his position still locked as a starter and u.s men's national team prospects still locked in stone um <laughs> what (laughs) well this this is actually interesting because i've had an entire conversation this week about um the offers that aaron long is getting for new york rebels and if we've overvalued trusty for the union um because since his offers are three million dollars but he's also like seven years older than trusty yeah. So, um, is his position as a starter on the Union locked in stone? Yes. I mean, that's obvious to me. Because Mark McKenzie went away to the, you know, U-20 World Cup. Yeah, who is this guy him. that came back? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's good. He's definitely a baller. I mean, I saw him play in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. And, like, I mean, the kid's a baller, too. But, like, he's not starting. Like, if 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 Jim is not sitting there and going, well, okay, we have other options, then, obviously, I mean, I just, I feel like when Jim writes his lineups out, the first three names he writes down are Trusty Elliott and Madunian. I mean, I mean those are the first three names that are I, I'd, down on paper. I'd say the entire back line plus Blake and Medina are just written in Sharpie and fill it in front of them. Exactly. And you can I basically mean, so, put Bedoya in Sharpie too. But Yeah, yeah, for sure. I so 
I mean, is it, and then is the U.S. prospect? I don't, I mean, I think, I just, I don't look at a kid at 19 and be like, oh, your, your U.S. men prospect days are over because you're not getting as many call-ups or, or whatever. I mean, this is definitely you know, under, it's too early to tell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I mean, two, like, four years from now, if Trusty's still playing for the union and not getting call-ups, then yeah, probably it's passed him by. But it's, I mean, there there are just a lot of, the problem is there's a lot of U.S. center backs who are like a year, two years older than Trusty, who are in much better positions, who are obviously going to get the call-ups first. I mean, when you look at guys like Miazga and Carter Vickers and other guys like that, like they're going to, and then you're, and then there's that whole host of veterans who still somehow get called in every once in a while. I just don't think Trusty has a place in the U.S. men's thing. Now, that being said, if we qualify for the Olympics and Trusty is not on that Olympic roster, that's when you have I would some be concerned. Concern. Yes, I, I would definitely be concerned next summer if he's not on the Olympics. Because realistically, both Trusty, McKenzie, and Rail all should be on that roster. Yeah, I mean, depending on what Real does over the next. If Ray, I, I I'm, as, I'm assuming that on that I'm assuming that Rail is actually playing some semblance of soccer at that point. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. not a center back in Bethlehem. Yeah, but if McKenzie, I mean, there would be I I mean I don't know who all qualifies in that under twenty three like range. I wouldn't I. I just I think mean, McKenzie's versatility be... gets him on that roster. Yeah. And, and Trusty's talent. But, I, I mean, I just wouldn't be surprised if at any game, especially in the lead-up to the Olympics, I wouldn't be surprised if Trusty and McKenzie is your center back there. Mm-hmm. That's but, actually going to be a pretty terrifying tournament to think about, considering that the Union could realistically, if all goes well, lose, lose four five to five players. players. Four, play, four to five players, yeah. Yeah, if... Uh, if Brendan, Real, Mackenzie, and Trusty are all there, <laughs> it's going to be a rough summer for the Union. And if Fontana has a bounce back. Yeah, Fontana's got to have a crazy bounce back, though, I think. There's too many guys in that that position with, like, Paxton Pomacall and some of these other guys. There's too many guys in that position that I think Fontana's got to have a crazy bounce back season next season, but... Who knows? Maybe Bedoya will get injured in the first game, and we'll see Aronson and Fontana starting games next season. I can't say I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> always hate a player getting injured, but right, would not be opposed to yeah. seeing those lineups. No, and these guys got these guys have got to start. I mean, I think like if you are going to take the development route that the Union have taken so far. Like, you have to start giving these guys opportunities. Especially considering you've already shipped off Derek Jones. Right. You can't just keep, I don't know, hoping that these guys develop and not give them, or only give them USL experience. Like, you've got to give them MLS experience. So, if you want more than what you got for Derek Jones, which I think we got way more than we expected for Derek Jones at this point in his career. If you want more than what you got for Derek Jones, like, these guys need to be playing soccer and showing that they have something to give. Yeah, that is definitely a fair assessment. So, second question. (laughs) 
from um, at Pico de Golio with Montero reported. That's such a great name, Pico <laughs> de Golio. Love it. I'll tell you who's behind that handle after the podcast. Um, with Montero reportedly out for another two weeks, who needs to step up the most in these next couple games? Uh, Anthony Fontana, Brendan Aronson. I don't know. Um, Beyond that, I don't I, know. I mean, I like that first name that you said, but I'll, I'll go a step further and say Jim Curtin playing Anthony Fontana. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, that's the reality for sure. But I think the unfortunate thing with any midfielder being injured is there's always there's always the... Um, the off chance that Il Senio gets a start, and nobody wants to see that either. So, I mean, if he I actually mean, think... plays, the person who could paper over all wounds is Andrew Wooten. It's true. It's true. You're right. Nobody remembers I mean, a I midfielder think... if your striker's scoring. Exactly. For sure. For sure. I mean, I think, yeah. Jim Curtin needs to play Anthony Fontana. I think that's who, yeah, you're right. That's who needs to step up is Jim Curtin needs to, like, take a chance on Anthony Fontana and see what he can bring to the table for 90 minutes. But other than that, I mean, I think if he's going to continue to throw a tired Brendan Aronson, somehow Brendan Aronson's got to dig deep and find some of the energy he had at the beginning of the season. And, yeah, that's that's the reality. But we'll see. That we shall. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we will wrap this up. We hope to be back with most of our cast next week sometime (laughs) um, after the Montreal game. But we'll see about that. Maybe we'll just turn it to the Chuck and Justin show. It's fine. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. Um,. I really felt like I needed to. I, I haven't made it yet, and I feel like I need to make. Uh, if if Paul Katrina was a better teammate, he would have. I don't. He would have given up his seats the tonight. MMA tickets, yeah. <laughs> not taking the MMA tickets to be on this show. That that feels that feels about right <laughs> based on Paul Katrina's uh, contributions to this podcast, but. All right. Well, we will see you next week. Hopefully, uh, after a. Union win over Montreal. Um, other than that, we're sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. We're sponsored by uh, Golden Gold Press. And we are part of the Beautiful Game Network. All those details are coming at you in just a minute. And other than that, we will see you next week. And hopefully, it's a good weekend. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. We can keep doing this through the help of our sponsors. The first, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. The other, Golden Gold Press. Golden Gold Press is the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Go check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Thanks to our network of soccer podcasts, the Beautiful Game Network. For your soccer news, opinions, and content, visit us at bgn.fm. Lastly, you can find us 
at VFTBpod on the Twitter and BGN.FM slash views from the bridge with hyphens on the web. You can also find us wherever you consume your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you so much.